Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Beat. I'm Brendan Quinn from The Athletic, here with Nick Baumgartner, also of The Athletic. We are both brought to you by BetMGM. You got right? it right this time. This is the podcast. Third, third intro. BetMGM. They're, they're, they're bringing all of this to you. So, uh, Nick, good morning. What's up, buddy? How are you? It's a big day. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were going to do a mailbag yeah. this, this week. And right. then I realized that it was the NFL draft. <laughs> it is. Which it you've is. been paying attention to for three months. And uh, maybe I would say I would say four months, honestly, because like the Lions situation dictated that we pay attention to it in like probably yeah. even like late December. So, yeah, I yeah. realized. So we're recording this on Thursday morning. I re- I realized let's see, yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday, about <laughs> mid morning that the draft was. Tomorrow, like, yeah. oh shit! Well, that's interesting. Let's talk about that instead. And then you know, I did my, uh, I, I checked up on our boys, yeah, Capadia, Bo yep. Wolf, Zach Berman, right? Our, got our, your our, Eagles, got your Eagles fix. Our esteemed colleagues in figure, Philadelphia. Figure out what your disaster of a franchise went, is going to do. Diving into our draft coverage to start <laughs> cooking up some takes and uh, get get. Oh, wait, wait, before we get into today's. Nice, Get nice and frothy about what the Eagles are going to do. What? Before we get into today's draft, are you a big draft guy? Were you a draft guy as a kid? Did you like the draft, the NFL draft? I watched the draft as a kid. Did you watch it? As a like kid, Mike and I yeah. were talking before we started before we started recording. Um, do you remember the days like in the mid-90s when it was the 12-hour broadcast on like ESPN on Saturday and then Sunday was the next half of it? Absolutely. Do you remember those days? Absolutely. Like those are the days – that I remember as like a 10 year old, like just watching the entire, the whole thing. And every player was going to be amazing. You know, (laughs) I'm sitting there, the Eagles draft Chris T Jones. And I'm like, this is it. Then he's just going to change the whole franchise. He's a hall of famer. Watching grainy Kajana Carter tape, you know, in the (laughs) mid nineties and being like, Oh my God, these guys, you know, just across the, I remember listening to the draft on the radio, mowing the lawn. Now that is sad because it was springtime, right? That when the draft always happened, but I, I was obsessed with it. It was one of those things that every year I actually liked it better when it was just a weekend like that. And it was just mm-hmm. all the way through no waiting around, no Friday, Saturday, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But anyway, I did. Great. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the only difference that I would have is that like, I didn't really grow up watching much college football. Like I'd watch, yeah, I did. So I'd yeah, watch, you know, Notre Dame and you know usc and michigan and ohio state and stuff like that but like i had no rooting interest i didn't really care you know right only from the pro perspective it was who are these guys that are gonna (laughs) make randall cunningham better i started watching sec football i want to say and probably like i was probably 10 or 11 and i found it on cbs there the you know the the uh (laughs) the national game so I started watching, you know, some of the stuff down south and I would see, you know, Florida and Spurrier sure. and these guys and all these goddamn receivers that they would have. <laughs> and so when the draft would come, I would see all these guys that you'd see pockets of, you know, uh, in all these other places. Because I always look at like this, like we're the generation, Brennan and I are of a certain age of people like our generation of kids is probably the first one that grew up with. We, we had everything. You just had to look for it if you really wanted sure. to find it. So our experiences of like viewing everything seeing everything i still remember names of guys that are probably 50 years old now that have retired if their name pops up like the other day randomly trey thomas the guy that played oh, tackle for the eagles absolutely trey thomas, right? yeah 
I remember randomly, okay, I remember watching Trey Thomas at Florida State, and I remember mowing the lawn and hearing in my earphones Trey Thomas drafted to the Philadelphia, whatever year it was. Like, that's how much of a nerd uh, with the draft stuff I've, I've probably gotten over the years. Who, who, that's, that's the dudes, who were the dudes that you watched as a kid that you were like, without a doubt, this oh, guy's going to yeah. be Fred the greatest Taylor. NFL player ever? Fred Taylor, the running when he was at Florida, yeah. Um, yeah. was like the guy that I was like, I have never seen anyone tackle Fred Taylor in any of the games that I've watched Florida play. Mm-hmm. He was a guy. I remember um, Tony Baselli, the big tackle. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Jaguars. Uh, that was like the expansion draft time when the Jaguars were a new team and they took Tony Baselli. That was another one. Um, Orlando Pace, big dude from Ohio State. Yep. Uh, Peyton Manning. I was on the Peyton Manning train over Ryan Leaf. I remember that whole debate. Uh, when people were kids so it was yeah all kinds of guys. i just remember thinking that like peter Wark was going to be, the, was oh, going to be yeah. the greatest player ever michael vick i mean you remember yeah. when michael vick um blew up at Vatek? i mean that was yeah. crazy too yeah but that was like and that was very much kind of the not the birth of the talking head but like it in was terms of, in terms of like the just the cable tv just the the motor boating takes <laughs> Right, one after another, after another, after another. Right, it was yeah. the draft, man. Like that was the yeah. real, the Peyton the Manning real offset of that or onset of that. The Peyton Manning Ryan Leaf uh, quarterback yeah. year was probably if you if you looked back, I could be wrong, but like if you looked back, that's probably the year where it really rocketed up because that mm-hmm. was the one where it was like nobody. I mean, a lot. It was a lot of debate, you know, going in. It's a little bit like this, you know, with the four or five quarterbacks that they have on the board now. But I remember that one being the first one where it was like, "What are you going to do?" And if you screw this up, right? So. And now you're covering. The, I like that you're covering the draft from both sides. Like you're probably one of the very few writers that does. It's usually one or the other. You're writing it from yeah. the college side, or you're writing it from right. the pro side. You're not kind of jumping ponds. Yeah, it's it's actually this is the best way to do it. Uh, to be honest, and frankly, um, only here we would not be able. To, I would not be able to cover it like this probably anywhere else. And right. I would say that that's that's probably. A credit to the athletic because it's like I think that what it's what it does is it allows you when you see these guys kind of come up in college and then you see them sort of develop you know I mean you can see all these little things that these teams spend all this time and money you know trying to find out in the 11th hour if you've watched them throughout their careers you can kind of see where they're at as they get to this moment and for a lot of guys too I mean you know this Brendan from the NBA draft like sure some of these kids you get to know them you know like mm-hmm. I you know I was able to um Read about Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan last week, which was a lot of fun and was Tremendous. an awesome story. And like, you know, we always see kids like that that come through that, you know, every year there's a kid somewhere that you talk to or, you know, particularly take a liking to or whatever. And then you see the kid get drafted and follow him. So for us, it's a little different, but yeah, it's been a um, different year for sure. I followed it more this year for work than I probably ever have. That's for sure. Yeah. So like I said, yesterday, you know, I realized the draft was coming and yeah, drove right. all the way in, right? All in. <laughs> but I, I, I start reading. Yeah, it's so funny. People complain like I can't wait for mock draft season to be over. I'm like, hey, you want a solution? <laughs> Just don't pay attention, don't and them. then <laughs> don't read them. Yeah, right. But in, like, so, unless you're an athletic subscriber, and make sure you read all of the mock drafts, <laughs> all leading up to uh, the draft. Right. But me personally, because um, I'm I'm very you know I'm I'm knee deep in the random Valspar championships and other PGA tour events and whatever. But um, for me, I just went diving mm-hmm. in yesterday and started to see, okay, well, so what are the lions going to do? And well, you know, what, what are, what are the Eagles going to do? And, and who are the Michigan guys? Yeah. Um, or where are they kind of projected and where are the Michigan state guys 
projected. And, uh, and I said, well, let's just talk about that. You can have a very uneducated person in me ask a very, well, I don't know if I'd say educated person. Always makes for a good show. Yeah. We'll, uh, <laughs> right. we'll dive right in. I want to start with the lions Let's do it. for, right, I yeah, imagine sure. our listeners, this is, this is the, Hey, thing. whether they want to admit it or not, we have listeners on the show. On the that clock. Are when, are, when is their pick going to be? They're picking seventh. What's that going to be like 10 o'clock tonight or something like that? Uh, I would say like nine. Yeah, oh nine thirty maybe. Nine fifteen. That is there. awful. Oh, this is this Thursday, Friday, Saturday is like on the calendar. I mean, you just have to tell everyone that you know, like, well, Thursday night till God knows when, Friday till God knows when, and all day Saturday. That's what we're gonna do. So yeah. So that means the Eagles are gonna pick at like eleven fifteen. No, they're at twelve. So if the Lions pick at like nine fifteen, the Eagles are gonna pick at like ten at the 10? latest. Okay, probably maybe nine forty five. It's faster now than it used to be. All right. It's not the 25, 30 minute clock. So. I got an appointment at 6.30 tomorrow morning. So this thing needs to wrap up. <laughs> it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, until they trade down to 19 or something. Well, there you go. Yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> let's get into the Lions. Right. Um, I, I'm fascinated by, and actually the Eagles have the same thing going on where it, it, it's a new coach, it's a new regime, it's a page change, it's a yeah. page turn, whatever the expression is. Um it seems to me from reading all the stuff, the great stuff that you and Chris Burke mm-hmm. have been doing, and I listened to your most recent podcast with him, which I highly recommend to everyone. There's a lot of, uh, there's certainly more nuance, I think, in that conversation yeah. than you're going to get in this conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, one, of, one of these years, go give us a rating, everybody. So I, let, let's just start the conversation at the point of quarterback. Okay. okay yeah. Because to me, it's, it's, do, do they pull the trigger or not? Yep. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone really has a grasp of what Brad Holmes truly in his heart of hearts right. thinks about golf. Right. And, and like, right. That, do they have any inclination to actually be someone that you're building around? Or is this strictly a contract plug and play, get you through this rebuild and, and then address, right. The pillar position of the franchise um, do you do it now? Do you do it later? What's the play? So where do you fall on this? Yeah, it's the ultimate question for the Lions. The entire draft starts right there. Like the whole thing has to be, and we, Chris and I have talked about this a ton. You know, Trevor Lawrence is going to go one to Jacksonville. It seems like Mike's Jets are going to get uh, Zach Wilson at two. Although, you know, who knows, right? But Wait, Mike, are you there? I'm here. How do you feel about that? Very indifferent about it. He's indifferent. Oh, um, that is never good. <laughs> I mean, I'm, welcome I'm, to the Big Apple, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I'm not going to complain, but I could also see it going very, very wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's going at two. We Godspeed, would, buddy. Probably, <laughs> I, I would assume. So probably at two. And then the big mystery here is is three with San Francisco. Of you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to take Alabama's Mac Jones? Are they going to take Trey Lance or Justin Fields? And then for the Lions, the conversation starts about you know those three leftovers, which would be. Fields, Lance, and I guess you could consider Mac Jones in there, but really it's Fields and Lance. Um, you know, what do you think of those two guys? So that's the thing we don't know. What what are Brad Camp, uh, Brad Holmes, and Dan Campbell's sort of opinions of those two quarterbacks? Because if you, because here's the deal: if you think that Justin Fields or Trey Lance are you know long term generational type starting quarterback prospects that you will be coming up within the next year or two in the draft. And, you know, you know, this, you look through sophomores and juniors and tape that, you know, everybody in college now. And if you don't think that there's anybody coming up, then, you know, you have to take them. However, at the same time, the Lions situation is a little different 
you know, and it, it sort of deviates from that logic because you go back and you look at, you know, when Brad Holmes was uh, with the Rams, everybody talks about this, you know, when he got there and was the college scouting director, his, his big first like piece of advice to the GM that they took was we need to trade up and go get Jared Goff and we need to get a quarterback right now. Otherwise we're not going anywhere because you know, this franchise has to have a quarterback before we answer any other question. The difference there I, I would suggest is that you go back and you look at the roster that they had, you know, the Rams had pieces on defense that are still there. They had guys that sure. uh, on the offensive side that were still there. The lions like, look, Defensively last year, that, that defense was one of the worst defenses in the history of the, the, uh, the NFL. Okay. Like it was one of the worst historical <laughs> units ever. So, and you've gutted your offense, everything else. You cannot take a quarterback. Uh, you can, it's just going to be tougher if you take a quarterback without a team. So if you bring a guy in here and you make him sit for two years behind Jared Goff while, you, while he kind of learns and you don't have a team around him, like, it's going to be awkward and it's going to be choppy and it's not going to be great for that kid to come in here. So, I would think that unless they, you know, have determined that Justin Fields or Trey Lance is like a unicorn type quarterback, which they might have, um, that the option here or the preferred option would be to pass on the quarterback this year and probably try to trade down and and load up as best you can. But um, that's the mystery here because Lance and Fields are really good and we really don't know. What about you? I mean, do you think that either of these guys could look? Yeah. I look at Justin Fields. And I'm like, I don't know how you don't take. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He, if you. he's there, like, it just seems like the pick that three years from now, people are just going to be like, what yeah. in the hell? That's what I've thinking? said to myself you know? since January 1st. Like, yeah. <laughs> with the Lions. Um, it's just one of the, and, and it's like, it's yeah. the level that he played at, yep. the games that he played. He just like what, he's just that dude that anytime I've seen him, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but that guy's got it. And you I imagine, I mean? yeah, and I. I would guess that you probably haven't watched Trey Lance or, or at least any. Uh, You're not going to sell me on a quarterback from North Dakota State, brother. Sorry. You haven't watched Trey Lance. You should because this guy is, a, is an athlete. And not like he and he's a smart kid and everything. I think my point is, I think both of those guys, I would say Fields. I've actually come around on Lance. I think I think it's really close. But either way, no, I agree with you. I think both of those guys have all of the things, you know, athletically, physically, especially with fields, you know, he's been at that high level. Like you said, I mean, you know, uh, I think mentally both guys are where they need to be. There's parts of fields game that need to, you know, improve in time and need to strengthen, you know, his processing speed has to get faster, all that stuff. But like the thing that we talk about a lot of times is like Justin Fields is 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like maybe Mm -hmm. he might be 22. He'll, he'll get faster with his processing speed in the NFL. Like, I think it'll improve. He's improved, you know, over the course of two years. I think both those guys are, are really, really good. If I was at seven and Justin Fields came up and was still on the board, I would take him. But I'm not Brad Holmes, and I'm not running the Lions. And I can understand, I can understand the plight there of being like, we don't know if we're comfortable bringing him in here. Right. Having him dropped into this situation where all the pressure in the world is going to be on his head. I mean, think about that. Mm-hmm. We talked about this too the other day, Chris and I did. If the Lions draft Justin Fields and they bring him in here, he's automatically the most visible athlete in Detroit, right? Number one, it's what where you're living, 
Who's your girlfriend? Who's your mom? We want to know. Mm-hmm. He get on that beat Zoom and we're going to be asking him what, what he paid for his house, you know, all this shit, everything, right? So he's automatically the number one face of Detroit sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an Ohio State quarterback, so he's got that going for him too. He's going to be dealing with the golf stuff. The defense sucks. The team is going to be bad. It's going to be bad for probably two years. His confidence is a thing that you just – it's going to be a delicate situation. So I can understand – that in the here and now and in the moment, because the Lions are in the middle of, you know, a pretty big cleanup project here of fixing mistakes that were made by the organization. I think that just might be the breaks. I don't, I don't know if I can blame Brad Holmes if they pass on him in, in right. a couple of years, you look up and say, how could you do that? Well, you didn't have anything and you had to get a team first. And I, I don't know if I can argue with that either. So it's been a tough one. It's been a tough call, but I do think the Lions are in a good spot though. I think they, they could, you know, probably pull a trade here if the board falls right, and uh, I think that would be beneficial it, for all. It does seem like, regardless of what happens, whether they hold Pat, whether they move, they will likely draft a starter. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Better than a lot of, which is all they need at the end of the day. I mean, a that's, lot of teams can say, but that's where you start. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think trading and trying to just, you know, cash in on getting as many picks as possible is by far the most logical thing yeah. to do in terms of where the franchise is, but. You know, first of all, other teams, everyone knows the Lions want to well, trade. Yeah, it's so why is anyone going to, you know, go over and above anything reasonable? Um, and I think even reasonable is fine, though. You know, like, sure, it, sure, you know. sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah, just stockpiling whatever yeah, you can and just, just get getting it. bodies and right. You then you just hope that you hit on 50% and that's that's good. Um, but there's also that, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like what, and I understand the differences in the franchises. Uh, and, and the position that they were in, but it's kind of like until you get a quarterback, really, what are you even building? Yeah, you know, like right. you need something to build around. And and similar to my Eagles, right? There, there's a certain lack of star power, a certain lack of anything that you're like, kind of using as your. All right, we got this, and let's yeah. go from there. Um, you know, just building out like it's great it'd be great to build a tackle and have yeah one of the best offensive lines in the league but um if it's jared goff dropping down there and no one in the franchise actually believes that he's the long-term answer right but what is that getting you i so much about the nfl and you know and I, I learn more and more every day you know obviously we've spent so much time covering college so you're you're by proxy covering the nfl for years and years and you're around it but the more i've gotten into it so much about the NFL is like self-awareness, like Mm. teams that are the best are the teams that are the most self-aware. Like if you think that your roster, if you're like lying to yourself about where your roster is, you're going to be bad for a long time. And you're probably getting fired really fast because you're going to make bad draft decisions. You're going to make decisions that you're going to lie to yourself and tell you that we're X, Y, and Z away from, you know, the conference title game or something like that. When it's like, no, you're not, you're not X, Y, and Z away from that. So I think in situations like you look at it, like Detroit's and the lions have been honest with themselves. I think for the first time in many, 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 many years and are saying like, we need a team structure, whatever first, before we even worry about whatever the next step is. Look, we're not trying to lose every game. We're going to try to win as many as we can, as we, you know, sort of clean as we go here. But like, you have to be honest with yourself and understand that like, you're going to need a year or two, to sort of stockpile this, but after the end of that two years, you need to be ready to go. Yes. And that's where your whole thing about, you know, at some point you can't kick the can forever. Like if they kick the can this year, then they need to address it next year. Right. They need to either say or decide 
they need the evidence on golf needs to be strong enough to where you say he's our guy, or you need to know whether, you know, Kelvin Slovis at USC or Sam Howell at Carolina or one of these other guys coming up is good enough to be the guy that you want to make a move to pick. Cause that's the other thing for the lions by trading Stafford, you know, they got extra picks for next year. They've got extra first rounders to work with. They can trade up and get any quarterback they want next year's draft. They can trade up getting the quarterback they want for the most part right now, if they wanted to. Sure. Like they've got the capital to do it. It's just about, you know, do you have the guys that you're comfortable with coming up or, you know, is golf going to be the guy right now? It's still a lot of hedging bets, but I think the lions have finally tackled the uh, self-awareness problem that haunts so many sure. teams in the NFL, including sometimes I think your Eagles there, my man. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> so if it's not a quarterback, do I have this right? Yeah. The most likely picks at seven, if they stay, would be mm-hmm. Pene Sewell. Did I pronounce that correctly? Pene Sewell, tackle, yeah. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which would probably make – if you stay at seven, that makes – that's probably the best – That'd be – Pick, right, he's a would be a right tackle, best, yeah. potential future left tackle to replace yeah. Decker, like all the upside, a foundational piece, yeah. right? You need you need the tackles as foundational pieces, and if you don't get a foundational quarterback, getting a foundational tackle ain't bad. Yes, no, I mean because that's the other thing, you know, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going anywhere, and you know people get bored with it. But if you don't have an offensive line, you, you might as well shut it down. Like it's not going to work. So the Lions are in a situation where their offensive line is really close. Um, Sewell is a guy that probably has the highest floor of any tackle prospect in this draft and probably a guy that has the highest floor or at least up there in terms of tackles we've seen in, in several years. He's only 20. He's super young, really, really talented, really crazy gifted athlete and all these things. But no, I mean, I think if the board goes Lawrence one, Wilson two, Mac Jones three, Fields for uh, five would be the Bengals. So, I mean, the Bengals should take Penny Sewell to protect Joe Burrow. I don't know if they will. They could take Jamar Chase. Uh, Miami's at six, you know, Kyle Pitts. They could take Sewell, but I don't think they'll take Sewell. I would assume they maybe want Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. And then if your Lions, if the board falls that way and Trey Lance and Penny Sewell are still on the board at seven or Justin Fields and Penny Sewell are still on the board at seven, like you could trade because I would think that somebody's going to want up and want to maybe come up and get a quarterback. Somebody could want to come up and get Sewell or bottom line, you know, end of the day, if you, if you wind up with Penny Sewell and nothing else out of that, then I think that you're totally fine with that. Because like I said, Brendan, that's a guy that's going to be a starter for a long time. You know, he's a 20 year old, 20 year old football player who was uh, hanging in with all SEC players at 18 at right tackle, which is just not something we see every day. Or ever, I should say. Not a thing. What if Chase or Pitts falls to seven? Or is there at seven? And Sewell is gone? Yeah. And is Sewell gone? I would assume Sewell's gone. Let's say is Sewell's Trey Lance gone. still on the board? Yes. Is, uh, is Lance still on the board? So then I'm going to try to trade. Like I'm, okay. I'm trying – then I'm calling New England and being like, what do you what do you want to give me to come up here and get Trey Lance? Is what I would do. Hmm. I, I don't – I am not super high. I, I like Jamar Chase a ton. I think he's great. For the Lions, I don't know if wide receiver at number seven, without a trade or anything else, is the best sort of use of, of that pick right now. I, I just sure. as good as Chase is, I don't know if I don't know if that's that would be my preference. I would almost wonder if you'd take defense there, if you would go Parsons, or if you would, I mean you do well, obviously you do everything you could to get out of the pick at that point. Trade okay. down. Load back up. Because there are teams that, you know, that could come up there. 
what else uh, should I be looking for in terms of my Lions? I'm a Lions fan now. I forgot to tell you. Um, <laughs> uh, any other like moves that they could be making? Like if there's going to be a big curveball tonight, mm-hmm. right? which I, I don't know if the Lions want to be the team making the big curveball tonight, but yeah. if they just do something completely unexpected, like they could. Have you like thought of anything? That yeah. You're just, like, Man, you oh know, my god, yeah. Are, like, are we all sleeping on this thing, right? Is there any, anything like that that's kind of sticking like, out to I've thought this whole time, and I don't think it'll happen, but like they could trade up if they if there's a guy they really can't if there's a guy they love, quarterback or not. I mean, they have enough ammo to trade up. They do. Hmm. They have picks next year that they could use um to move up in this draft. If they like like Kyle Pitts is the guy that Lions fans get like, you know they run for the trash can and want to nervously throw up if, if you bring up Kyle Pitts because he's just tight end. Tight end. Right. right. And, you know, they just drafted Hawkinson a couple years ago and, you know, TJ was number six, I believe. And that was like a, one of the highest spots a tight end has gone in like 25 years or something crazy like that. So they're already self-conscious about the tight end. You know, they've had the failures with Eric Ebron and Pettigrew mm-hmm. and you hear tight end and it's like, why the hell would you do that? And for the same reasons, like is Jamar Chase – you know, for you right now, but like Kyle Pitts, man, is he's like Travis Kelsey, right? Like <laughs> he's faster than Travis Kelsey. He's one but like of the in terms of the way you athletes. can use him, like and and his impact. oh shit. Here's the deal: <laughs> Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts is wingspan. Okay, mm-hmm. is I believe bigger than Kelvin Johnson's um, what he measured in at the combine. Jesus, he ran. He is a so he's a six five six six two hundred and forty five two hundred fifty pound receiver essentially right he ran in the four fours at the combine uh, or at his uh, pro day he has crazy you know burst and explosion and his ability to cut and move as a tight end is what you would see from an outside receiver so he is like you remember when Devin Funchess was at Michigan yeah our audience here's what I would say this he is like a sophomore version of Devin Funchess on like all the steroids cranked up to like (laughs) all the level you know he's Uh not like still learning how to do all this. He knows how to do all this. He knows how to use his body. Like he's a problem. And I don't think people that get skittish about stuff like that probably realize that, but it's mm-hmm. the same thing as Jamar chase where it's like, if you take Kyle Pitts, like you don't really know if you have a quarterback. So like, is that even gonna, what does that solve? I don't know. Does that help you as much as it could in maybe another area? But yeah, that's the one where I think you bring up Kyle Pitts and it's like, they could love Kyle Pitts. I mean, he could be, the guy that they're like, oh God, we have to take him. He's so talented and so good. And in, in the modern NFL, you can do so many things with him. Uh, people don't even realize. I mean, you wouldn't even know it until you saw it. So like, that's something that is possible that, you know, you, you talk to Lions fans about. And like Chris and I wrote about Kyle Pitts a month ago and it got to a point where like two months had gone by and I was like, we have to write about Kyle Pitts. These people are just like freaking out about him every single day. Like they can't do this right. And then we would have half the comment section every time we'd write about it. Like I want Kyle Pitts, give me Kyle Pitts or I'll, you know, like I don't want anybody else. And then how their half is like, I'll kill myself if they kick out, you know? So it's like, he's been the, uh, he's been the guy that's been the most hot buttony. I would think I would say in the lion's realm of like Half the half the base seems like they'd be fascinated by it. The other half is like, I I, I can't handle it. Don't do but it. No chance he's there at seven. It doesn't seem like at least. I wouldn't think so. No. Um, where's Funches now? Is he still in Carolina? He um, no, he's in Green Bay. He opted out last year, so he didn't play. 
And he okay. only played in like, I just looked this up randomly the other day for some reason. I don't know why. He he only Bunches has only played in like one game since like 2018. Jeez. He played, I think, in one game in 2019 because he got hurt. And then he opted out last year. And he's with Green Bay now. So yeah, I would think that he's probably on a prove it situation at this point. But anyway, nice little sidetrack there. <laughs> My favorite Devin Funches story. I've told you this. I don't know if I've ever told it on air. Mm, there's, a, like, there's a few. Back, back in the <laughs> What do you got? Back back when I was uh, helping you cover football yeah. at, at the old M Live days, I uh I talked to Funches like after a game or at a practice mm-hmm. and like he's a unique guy. And yeah. wrote like a one-off, like a nothing yeah. story and like you know, t- tweeted like a, tw- a quote or two. And I get a call from uh from Michigan the next day. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Funch is saying he didn't say that. Yeah, of course. And I'm yes. like, <laughs> what? Like, uh, about yeah, right. yeah, he's saying he's saying that he never he never said that. And I'm like, uh, I I mean, do yeah. you really want to go down this road, like where right. you're gonna you're gonna claim I, that I have made up a quote? Like, you do you really? I have it recorded. Are, are we gonna <laughs> yeah, play this game? Right, like, yeah, right. <laughs> can you can you share the audio with us? And I I, sh- I should have said uh, GTFO, but. Uh, is that the right words right G- yeah right there it is yeah F Y yeah all of them yeah would all also them, qualify right. um, yeah uh but i i yeah I, I sent them the audio and i said yeah don't don't ever call me on a sunday again but that's <laughs> 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 my Devin story shout out to Devin where are wherever you are pal uh so yeah oh, all right god anyway yeah. let me give you a scenario the Eagles are sitting okay. there at what, 12? This is my big question. 12, right? I believe now, yeah. So as far as, down, yeah. As far as I can glean from reading uh, our boys in Philly, yeah. the Eagles are there at 12. It's likely they're looking at Devonta Smith, Patrick Sertan. Sertain. Jace Sertain. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll take it. <laughs> J.C. Horn. Yep. Maybe uh, Waddle, the kid, the wide receiver. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he'd be there, but the the scenario that is coming up, it seems most often, is that you're potentially there at twelve, and those are your four options. If if I'm making you, Howie Roseman is not responding to my text, so I don't know He's what not. they're going to do. Right. What What is GM Nick doing in this spot? Like I think. <sighs> I've heard, like, it's been scuttlebutted that the Eagles are interested in trading up again, which they just traded down. (laughs) So I don't mean to break your heart here, but, I mean, the Eagles have also been asking Jeopardy questions of their draft pick uh, candidates and everything else. So we're going to see about how all this goes. Yeah, But, no, I mean, I think that if they stick at 12, you know, their quarterback situation is not resolved um, at at all. So – which is why I wondered why they traded down. I never understood that. But either way, if they stick at 12, yeah, I mean, a receiver, if Waddle could fall, I mean, that's certainly possible. I would take Waddle over um, over Smith, but if Smith's there, then he's perfectly, you know, a guy that is going to come in Smith. there. And yeah. Especially for the for Philly, who's had all these issues with guys. I mean, my God, Carson Wentz would have loved uh, Devonta Smith, I would think. You know, mm-hmm. guys dropping passes and all this stuff. I mean, Smith was the best, <laughs> the best route runner in college not even close over the last like three years, three years, I would say, uh, certainly two. 
And senior Devonta Smith was the best route runner I've seen in college in 10 years. I mean, I, I can't tell you who the last one even yeah. was. I mean, he was open. This guy's idol was open. I mean, he just always, always, always open. Waddle is faster and more explosive. Jerry Judy at Alabama last year was faster and more explosive. Ruggs is more explosive. But nobody else just worked themselves you know, and, and had corners and knots like Smith. I mean, he just it didn't matter who you put up against him. It didn't matter what coverage it was. I mean, you remember Tua's touchdown pass there at the buzzer in the yeah. when he was a freshman? Oh, yeah. Devonta Smith caught that one. So, I mean, yeah. like, he's a dude. He's a dude. He's, he's a dude. I mean, he's skinny. He's not going to be a big blocker for you or whatever else. But, like, I think that he'll find a way and be a really good player and probably a guy that, you know, Philly people would gravitate to because I – He's a get it done guy. You know what I mean? Like he's a sounds like another Philly guy. He kind of sounds like Marvin Harrison. Kind of. Maybe that would be a good way to put it, right? Yeah. Like he's yeah, he's just a guy that always seemed to every time you'd watch him, it was like, well, there he is, open by 18 goddamn right. steps well, is, again. Right? So Smith is the guy I want. Now if feels what about, some what about Slater? Some, How's the if, offensive line looking for the for the no, for the birds? No, no, I don't know. Oh jeez. Forget it, he that. says. No. <laughs> Let's get old Jalen Hurts, his legs no. knocked off. Yeah. Look, if if I were covering the team. I would want Slater's there at 13. If, or if I were covering the team, I would want the offensive tackle from Northwestern, right? Because he'd be by far the most interesting person on the team yeah. to talk to every single day. So I would want Slater <laughs> if I were a beat writer, but I'm not a beat writer. I don't give a shit, right? <laughs> this team, there is, you think, you think the Lions have a lack of star power? Like it's bad, man. At, at yeah, least the right. Lions have DeAndre Swift and DeAndre Swift, like is at least like you want, I, 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 I will watch a game to see what Swift does, right? There is no reason to watch the Eagles. They suck yeah, no. <laughs> wall to wall. There is not a player on the team that is interesting. I so, bet they're good at paper, rock, scissors by now, though. Yeah, so. no. Like if you if you can get me someone that like if it puts put uh you can buy his jersey, right? Put like, Smith out. Know, there. I'm not the buying the, I'm not buying a goddamn jersey, but put Smith on the field. I at least want to watch a game. Yeah, right? when, when they're yeah. when they're playing. Washington in week six, I I will still be interested, even though they're two and four and terrible, yeah. right? Um, and like you're talking about the same team that already passed on DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson yeah. and made all of the wrong picks and just has no talent. Like we wouldn't be talking about this right now if they if they'd taken either of those guys because Wentz yeah. would still be there and they probably would have had like another super. Right. And now it would be <laughs> and then no, you I mean forget what i think wentz was going off the rails regardless but we'll see. It, we'll in this see. case you could have just held pat at six take justin fields and yes. now you're now you're, you're building something right I mean, you could have done that anyway to yeah, be honest I, I, <laughs> I don't really know why they didn't you know if whatever. fields drops to 12 i think you have to take him though oh yeah no i mean that's and that's still something that like it's and, you know, and you know this, the draft is such a bunch of, it's just bullshit. Everything that gets talked about in the three months leading up to it is just bullshit. I mean, you see, you'll see Schefter and these guys tweet something and then just completely contradict that point like a month later, like it's nothing, you know? And you're just like, <laughs> like what happened there in between? Like I saw you yesterday, um, maybe it's two days ago, Schefter or one of the ESPN guys, I can't remember. I'm not, you know, trying to knock anybody here. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. job, that's what they do. But like he was on uh, one of those shows and they're talking and it's like, and it was, and they, and they framed it and made it sound like the 49ers uh, suddenly have just, I don't know what to do at three. The, it, the gap has narrowed between Mac Jones and Trey Lance at three. And I'm like, the gap is narrowed. 
I'm like, what do you guys got these dudes out in, on Kyle Shanahan's front lawn throwing <laughs> balls through like a, a net every morning to see who's right. I'm like, what are you talking about? The gap is narrowed. Like we know who these guys are. We've known who they are for months, years. In some cases, it's all bullshit. So we see all this stuff about Justin Fields sliding, right? Where it's like he could fall out of the first round. I think Chris Sims. I saw that. Just sounds like an insane person on Twitter all the time. <laughs> they had him in like at, in like thirty two or in the second round or something. I can't imagine he, Justin Fields falls out of the top ten in this draft. But if he did, and if he got to twelve, and Philadelphia took Devonta Smith, buddy, I gotta tell you, it might be time to start rooting for the Steelers if that were the case, because. Yeah, no, no, in that case, they will, they'll, they'll still take like JC Horn <laughs> or something. Eagles fans will they'll burn the building down. Yeah, like they'll burn, Cleveland burn the, the city down. <laughs> and then, like, Howie Roseman's going to come out and be like, look, now we got JC Horn <laughs> lining up opposite Darius Slay, and we're really building something there. And I'm uh, just going to be like, I'm done. I'm, out. Yeah. I'm good. Thanks, guys. I don't think um, that you'll have to have that. I don't think Fields is going to be there, but, you know, be- before we jump into Michigan players, Michigan state yeah. players and where you kind of think they're going to fall and how you think they'll project. Um, do you have any late round names? Like if for, for anyone that actually is going to watch this thing, you know, and, and fart around through the third round, fourth, oh, yeah. fifth, sixth, any, any names that like you are just particularly enamored by that when they're, when they, when they pop, you know, in the fifth round, you're going to be yeah. like, that's the guy, keep an eye on him. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys um, in the third round. And there's some guys in the second and third that a lot of guys in those rounds that I would say the, the further down you go, there's some receivers down there that are, that are going to be good finds and like a tackle that would be possibly on day three would be Spencer Brown is a kid from um, Northern Iowa. Who is okay. Six, this who is, is what, I, this is what I'm talking about. I want, I want, I want Nick's offensive right. linemen from Northern Iowa in the late rounds. These are the guys from God knows where, where you've never heard of yet. Hell yeah. So he's, I'm trying to find up his, his uh, actual thing here. So he's six eight, right? And Spencer Brown. He's a six foot eight, like three hundred and twelve pound right tackle who could play left tackle. Um, okay. Let me find his little chart here from uh, Northern Iowa, right? So he's um, he's one hundred on Dane's big board. The last name, yeah, one hundred, right? So yeah. he is the guy that's like he's pro. He's a project. So he's not six eight three eleven, right? Okay, so he's a guy. He's a project. He's not maybe going to be ready right away, but certainly a guy that in time, you know, could be a guy. So I'm going to go over his workout numbers here for you. If, if these uh, catch you at all. So he's six, eight, three, 11. He's six, eight, three, 11 with those long arms. He did 29 bench reps. So that's pretty good. Number one, mm-hmm. he ran a four, nine, four wow. with a one, six, nine, 10 yard split, which is good for a tight end. Probably good for a running back. I would think. <laughs> Okay. Uh, his three cone and agility, his three cone time, which is like the, one of the top agility metrics is uh, under seven seconds, which is just insane for an offensive tackle. His shuttle was insane. I mean, this guy runs like an athletic tight end, right? Mm. Like an athletic tight end, not like a bad tight end, like a good okay. tight end. And he's a tackle. Um, guy named Kent Lee Platt does this thing called relative athletic scores, right? Where he takes all these all of those workout times and all the things that we see, right. The 40 time, the, the splits, the vertical jump, the broad jump. Um, and he puts them into a formula and basically he's got this database with all this data from everybody since like 1987, I think it is 1987. So 19, 1,134 offensive tackles in his system have been evaluated. Okay. Okay. Spencer Brown is number one athletically out of 
1,134 offensive tackles on his profile. He is 10.0 out of 10 on this math scale, which is fucking ridiculous, by the way, <laughs> to be frank. This kid, athletically, Spencer Brown, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if he's going to be a good player, but like you just, you see athletes like this and you're just like, what is this? Right. Who made this guy? Like he's just out of a lab, you know, one of those type of things that you see. So he's the one that, you know, when we, I remember. It's like a basketball Chris player. Uh, just ridiculous. Oh yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Probably a basketball player probably could have played, but you watch him on tape and he bends like he's not supposed to and all this stuff and just. Yeah, Chris and I followed all the pro days this year because we did stuff like that for the site. We um, tracked everything. Right. And uh, when his came up, I remember just I couldn't stop watching it. It was crazy. I mean, he's just a freakish athlete. So he's the guy Spencer that I always go back to. Brown. Spencer right. Brown. So when he comes up, remember that. Spencer Brown, if it doesn't work Howie. out, if it doesn't work out for Spencer Brown in the NFL, it will work out in the WWE someday, I uh, would think, for Spencer oh. Brown. Crazy athlete. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, all right. Let's get into the Michigan guys. So – Quitty pay, 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 sorry. Yeah. Um, projected right now, like 15 through 20? Right? Somewhere in there, yeah. That's, that's um, how do you think he projects long-term? Because um, he seems like a guy who mm-hmm. is getting a decent amount of play and has some buzz, but when you look numbers-wise, production-wise yeah. – you're, you're kind of probably left wanting a little more. Yeah. His best days are still ahead of him. And, and the question would be is, you know, how far or how long do you have to wait right. you know, until you get there? And that's the thing with him. He, you know, Quiddy is a, a little more compact than, you know, some of the guys at that edge spot that we talk about now, a lot of those guys you, you look for and you say, are they longer, you know, can they get those, you know, six, five frames to where you maybe you can drop them into coverage and they can, you know, take up space uh, mm-hmm. in zone spots but Quiddy, you know, the thing with him is like that lower body explosion is like we it's out of this world. It's one of these things that like his burst scores and agility times and all that stuff that he does for his at his position are freakish all the way through. I mean, he was one of the freakiest guys in terms of that burst and twitchiness in college football last year. Um, you know, when you watch him on tape, I mean, he's got like his hands are super, super violent when you when you see a guy like that get inside of an offensive lineman. Right. And we've talked about this when we did the offensive line episode, when the offensive lineman's trying to get his hands, you know, on, on the guy's chest, right. You're trying to get your hands inside, yeah. grab those shoulder pads, Quiddy pays ability to just basically take anybody's, you know, and kind of knife down, mm-hmm. get your hands off me. Like it's as good as anybody in this draft, maybe better than anybody in this draft. So he has all of those like raw, twitchy, freaky things that make it really difficult for big, you know, long tackles to handle. So He's going to be, uh, you know, a guy that someone maybe even in the top 15 is going to be tempted at, but I do think it's going to take him a minute to get there. And I question what his ceiling will be, because I don't know how he'll be able to hold up against the run in the NFL. That was the big thing for me with him in college. He got bullied a few times when they would, you know, Wisconsin did whatever they wanted to quitty, especially when he was a junior. Um, He needs to get stronger. He needs to get better with his, I think, overall feel for the run game, but I think he will. So I think, you know, he's a, Great kid. He works his butt off. I mean, you remember Quiddy when he came in. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody will love him, you know, that type of thing. I think he'll – I don't think it's going to happen right away. I think there might be – you're going to have to be a little patient with him. Um, but I think in time, you know, he'll be able to 
produce. I would be leery though about taking him in the top 15. I would be, I would want to mm. wait a little bit longer on Quiddy because I think it's going to take a minute. Mm. Um, Jalen Mayfield would be the next Michigan guy off the board. He's kind of projected as a second round pick. Yeah. He's 53rd on Dane's big board. I mean, he only ended up playing 18 games at Michigan, had right. 15 starts. He seems like one of those dudes who's going to end up having a long pro career as a yeah. great guard or, or something like that, right? And be kind of a what if, like, damn, would have been nice to actually have him for three or four years of right. starting yeah. football at Michigan, right? It's uh, super – his situation is so different and unique because of COVID and everything else. Like, I remember – I'll just say this. I remember when um, the day they canceled the season, the the Big Ten canceled the season, right? So I went up to the football building and I was just like standing out. I was just in my car because we were in the middle of COVID. I couldn't go in, but I'm like watching to see if they're going to do anything because nobody knew what to do, right, that day. And I remember watching the first guy that I saw come out of the building was Jalen Mayfield. And I was like, it hit me. I'm like, well, he's probably done. And he's only started like 10 games because right. he's got to go. Like if they're not going to play, because Jalen had – has first round potential, you know, as a player, but he just did not play enough. I mean, he played, he wasn't even a, I don't think he was a wire to wire starter, even that redshirt freshman year in 2019, he started for most of the season. It was very good, but just didn't have enough tape. I mean, there, there are teams, I think that his value has dipped because teams still didn't see enough uh, to know for sure if he can hold up a tackle. Like you said, I think that a lot of teams have looked at him now more as maybe he's a guard. Uh, which I think could maybe push him into the third round uh, and maybe further. I'm not real sure, but right. I just, he just didn't have enough tape. Um, I don't think for people to feel totally comfortable with what he could be at 10. Maybe he did, maybe, you know, and we'll see, maybe if somebody takes him to the second round, I said, you know, they had enough for me, you know, that could be it. But, you know, that was a guy that's like, and I mean, he could have come back next year, I guess he could have tried it again, but I mean, I can't fault him for leaving this time either. I mean, the situation was just awkward. There's a lot of guys like that in the draft this year. That's like, what do you do? You know, I mean, Penny Sewell hasn't played football since 2019, right? Mm. Like, and he's a 20 year old guy that you're, you know, we all think that he's going to be outstanding, but his, his overall body of work is also very small. So like Trey Lance has only played like 10 games. I mean, these medicals aren't the same that we've, that we've seen in years past because of the combine not happening. So it's a, it's a weird year, my man, all over the place. Nico. Yeah, I think he helped himself at their pro day. But I still think teams, for the same reason or a similar reason, but a little bit different, I still think teams have questions about Nico's speed showing up in games. You know, he ran in the mm -hmm. four fours at his pro day, which was faster than I think teams expected because he doesn't look like a guy who runs four four in terms of separation, you know, on the field. He goes up in the air and bodies people and wins 50 50 balls better than any receiver in this class. I would say maybe, maybe other than Jamar chase um, or as good as anybody else beyond that. But like, is that it? Or is, are you going to get more? So I think there's right. a lot of teams that he could pump up into the second round. I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me because he just has something that there's not a lot of other guys in this class that have that with the body type and everything. But I, I if he falls, it'll be because, again, he didn't get enough time. I mean, and also like Michigan's offense went through all the stops and starts and everything else. And, and shit, you got to think that Nico Collins didn't become a dude here until he was a junior. Like Michigan did not take advantage of Nico Collins's uh, full, you know, skill set when he was a freshman and sophomore in a similar way that you could say the same thing about people's Jones, you know, I mean, it was one of those deals. Um, I still wonder if 
I wonder how he would have projected out as a basketball player. Still. Nico? Yeah. Well, so, so he's 6'4". Yeah. Like 215, mm-hmm. 220. Mm-hmm. He's got, you know, the big the big leap and everything else and the long arms. But he's not like 6'8 or anything. Right. If he just, Fast, I, though. He he's strong. Damn, I mean, he'd go up the air. I mean, he, he would have been a good, he would have been a really good, like, out of area rebounder, I would think. Pretty damn and good. defender. He's also the, uh, so he opted out last year. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He didn't play either. Um, he opted out. Mayfield I, got here's hurt, the thing. But... Here's the thing I can't wait for mm-hmm. over the next couple of days is every single GM and front office guy calling every single player who opted out <laughs> a. I mean, look, if this guy played last year, he would have been a first rounder or a second. Oh, rounder. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Every, every <laughs> single guy that opted out would have been a second round pick if they had played last year. Look, look at this value we're getting down here at 155 or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. If he played, everyone would have seen what our geniuses have deciphered, and he would have been a first round pick without a doubt. Every oh, year. my God. The NFL draft, my man. <laughs> it is something else every year. So, Nico probably, you know, could yeah. maybe sneak to the second, but probably a third rounder. He's 83rd on Dane's big board. Mm-hmm. Um, next one off the board from Michigan would probably be Ambry Thomas. Yeah. Um, also opted Same out. Same thing. Same thing. Also, he started only Didn't have enough year. tape. Yeah, didn't have enough tape. Like, these um, guys. Dane, Dane says he's got starting upside he in- does. I oh, think he does. They're like, shit, man, Michigan really <laughs> missed Well, Ambry, so here's the deal. Like, that one I don't blame anybody on. Like, he had colitis or whatever it was the mm-hmm. one year and got sick the year the year that he was finally going to be ready to start. But if you think about this, like, he came in here his freshman and sophomore year. They had uh, David Long, who was a third-round pick and still in the NFL, and uh, Lavert Hill, who also I think at least got a – he was an all-Big Ten corner. I mean, they had – you know, they had all American type corners in front of him until he was a junior and then COVID and he gets sick and then COVID. And it's like that one, I don't really know if I can blame anybody on that. Sure. Was, that was one where Michigan just kind of got, you know, circumstance being what it was and everything else. And you could have got more out of him, but no, I mean, he's another one where it's like press coverage. He can do that, but we've never really seen him do anything in zone. Mm-hmm. And we've really only seen him be a, you know, every down guy out there for one season, you know, or at least 75% of one season. So it's just like, you know, he's fast, you know, he plays hard, you know, he's a competitor, all those things, but like, you just don't know. And so, yeah, fourth round, fifth round for Ambry somewhere in there is probably safe. Yeah. I don't, I do wonder, you mentioned like, there's no one to blame in that spot. And uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know you, what you, you, you and I, anyone who opted out, I could give a shit, you know, you, you do oh, you. Yeah, I mean, let's, re- let's remember where we were in uh, July and August of last year. Oh, Jesus. Um, right. Yeah, but I do absolutely. wonder if like the meathead factor of, you know, some people in certain organizations who will be like, who will definitely have a, yeah. a hard time overlooking someone who opted out as a character. I- Decide, right, guarantee like, it. There's definitely I people like that, it. right? Yeah, yes, <laughs> the Lions had a head coach like that last year. Like that, I wondered about, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, and I don't know every case is whatever. But like, yeah, I do wonder, like, if you get the Belichick Saban guys, the the draconian, you know, like yeah. you gotta love it, kid. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta live it, right? Like that bullshit where it's like, it's gotta be the most important thing in your world. It's gotta be more important than your children. You know, this kind of shit. Like for that guy, I would think that, yeah, they're going to be like, why did he opt out? 
you know, like, yeah. oh, I don't, you know, and then, but you know, you go talk to him and that's where I'm just like, go ask him and he'll probably give you a pretty acceptable answer. And if sure. you still have reservations after that, like, then I would say that's on you. I think, I think with the COVID thing that, that got um, loosened quite a bit. I do think it exists. I think people yeah. are probably like, yeah, I don't know about that guy. You know, I don't know if he's got what it takes to grind yeah. it out, you know, the way we he didn't want to play during a pandemic, you know, <laughs> weak he didn't right. want to play with his head chopped off you know like, that kind of, <laughs> kind of, it's like okay so yeah next one off the board i think looking in like the fourth to fifth round territory would be uh cameron mcgroon right McGroon, yeah for 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 michigan yeah uh, that's the one where i would Where's say cam mcgroon i we could be wrong i think cam mcgroon should come back to school hmm. um i think he's got a lot of talent i think he's got a lot of ability uh, I don't think Michigan did him a ton of favors last year. He also got hurt, but like he was still, even when he was healthy, you know, with his run fits and everything else, it was still a little shaky. Not a lot of like tape there on him that, that you can look at and say like, he's ready to come in and be like Cameron Grown will be a late round pick. I would think, um, I don't know if it's, I would think he'll get picked. I don't think he'll, be an undrafted guy. I think he'll get drafted on day three, but like, he's going to have to earn it. You know, he's got to be a guy that goes mm. in there and, and grinds it out on special teams and shows that, you know, I'm here and ready to learn. Cause he, need, he there's still a lot of development. And, th- and that's the thing too. NFL teams, I think are going to have to be more than they wanted. And this started last year too, because of COVID like they're going to have to be willing to go down the developmental road with some of these guys more than they maybe would have been in other you know, in other years, like we've seen in years past where you take a guy in the sixth round and if he, he gets to camp and is just like lost or like, whatever, just cut him and just move on, you know? Absolutely. And in this, in this situation, you know, I do wonder like if you get a six round pick who you really liked, that's just like super young and hasn't played a ton. It's like, well, maybe your reaction will be just cut him, but like, can we stash him and see, you know, like, I mean, you know, I think that that might be the thing. What would have been his like preseason status heading into next year, if he had come back to Michigan, like, Oh yeah. I mean, he, he would have been a starter. He would have been a guy that like, I think, you know, I don't know because he got hurt early last year and didn't play the rest of the season. Like, I mean, I right. would have depended on how he played the rest of the year. Um, you know, if he would have come back. Yeah. I mean, he would have had to put together a really good season and everything else. And I don't know if I can blame him for that either, because you just look up and you say, well, his defensive coordinator got fired. He would have had to be learning a new defense and everything else. I don't know if I can blame him for going pro though, either. And that's one where I say like, I think he should have come back to school, but I also, how do I fault him? Sure. Michigan, Michigan's situation is not exactly one that I would be advising someone to, to be sprinting back to, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of a mess. Okay. Right. Especially if right. you're a defensive prospect, Notably in the front seven or a corner, like it's kind of a mess. So see the dude was he the one had some comments about like Don Brown should not have been shouldering as much of the blame as possible. Was that him or someone else? I can't remember if that was him. Okay. Or, I mean he, I mean he, you know he's a good kid. You know he was. I mean, I did a thing on him when he was in high school. His mom's great lady. Everything else. Like I think that there. I don't know. I don't know. I mean I wondered about Cam McGrone if like even if he might've decided I, I want to look somewhere else to go to school. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. if he would have come back. I have no idea. That's me right. just speculating, but that's one where I looked at him and been like, man, he needed more tape. I mean, more than anybody else on that list that we just talked about camera grown, I think was the guy that definitely, definitely needed more tape. Like Jalen Mayfield will be fine. Ambry, I think will be fine. McGrone's the one where I'm just like, uh, I, you know, he really needed more. Mm. 
Dane, I mean, I keep saying Dane. This is Dane Brugler's yeah. monster beast. <laughs> Did you draft check preview. that out? I checked this thing out that? yesterday. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, this guy's a colleague of ours. It's a book. And, I, and I don't know it's him at, at all. Yeah. Like, is this is this man like a sociopath? What is this guy? It's, this a, is, this it's is like insane. a 300 page book. So I think before it is Dane, 267. Yeah. We're not exaggerating. It's 267 I think, pages. I don't think I know. Before Dane worked at the athletic, he did this and he sold it to uh, scouts. Like I think I NFL, he did. Yeah. This NFL is, personnel this people buy this. Unbelievable. I mean, it, is, it is ridiculous. Like if you haven't <laughs> seen this, the level of detail like one of our editors that Brent and I work with edited like Dane's tight end section. And it took her like, she was like, I can't, it, it was so much. Like it was like, <laughs> I can't remember what Elson said, how many words it was, but it was like so, so exhausted the detail and everything else in there. So like, if you haven't checked that out, you still got a couple hours here. Like, I would yeah. I mean, anyone who's a, like, sure. it's, it's not, a, if you're a subscriber, it is, it oh is, my at, God. is at your disposal. Um, it's one of the best value things that we probably give it's in, in a year. Insane. It's, there's no extra charge. Yeah. There's nothing you no. have to do. You just have to go find it and, and log in and you can yeah, download it. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a PDF because it can't fit on our website. I shouldn't say um, that. It's, it's probably three years worth of work. Um, it's unbelievable. Book. Right. It is truly unbelievable. I don't say this is not hyperbole or anything, but and so, all yeah. the people that put it together, you know, I mentioned Allison, but like all the editors and all the people that work with Dane on that, like, it's crazy that they get to get it to that, to, to even get it out. And yes. then if you see it, you'll know what we're talking about. It's not. Yeah. So, so if you're not a subscriber, subscribe if for that, if nothing else. And if you are a subscriber, just it's crazy. Pop this thing open for the next three. Like if days. you're into, if you are into fantasy football yes. at any level, get you should get that because like, that's something that, you know, will teach you more than you ever wanted to know right. about every single one of these guys. I'll put, I'll, let's put it this way, right? The next name I'll say is uh, Ben Mason. I just reading his thing here. I was like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. <laughs> I've, I've been here this whole time that he played on the team. <laughs> I've seen every game he's played and you're like, no, I didn't realize that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I could see that. for sure. <laughs> oh my so God. He's got him projected as a fifth round. That was the name I was, Kind of yeah, like, but he just seems like a dude who yep. you're just like, take him special think, teams. He'll give you something somewhere. So Ben Mason is like the, 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 the utility knife, you know, yeah, like yeah. In, in modern, if you're like the Ravens, I think of teams like the Ravens, you know, they've, they've got Lamar Jackson. They do a lot of, um, a lot of the pistol read stuff and they let mm -hmm. Lamar run like an H back is that, you know, tweener between a tight end and a fullback, um, you know, the 49ers, use this a lot. A guy named Kyle Juszczyk, um is a guy who played for the Ravens, played for San Francisco, has been a pro bowler, has been a big time do it all, move around, go catch passes, block. Maybe you get a handoff once in a while. You know, you're an athlete basically in there. And I think that Ben Mason is for this draft. He's that guy. He's the, he's the Swiss army H back who will, um, you know, hit a linebacker in the face and crack his helmet. He will play every single special teams job uh, that you ask him to do. And by the end of training camp, whoever is uh, forced to work against Ben Mason every day, one-on-one -on -one, is going to want to kill him because he's going to drive them all insane with how hard he plays and everything else. Yeah. I think Ben Mason's getting drafted. Uh, I would agree with Dane. Like I, I think fifth or sixth round, I think somebody's going to fall in love with him and not be able to say no. He's just like one of these, like the football guy crowd will never tire of uh of ben mason and they will always find something for guys like this to do because they live it i would say that's the, the you know live it love it whatever right so right right yeah i think he's gonna be somewhere i think that's gonna and, be draft pick and i think the last one before the the kind of undrafted free agent types yeah 
is is Chris Evans, who could sneak in late. Yeah, I um, which yep. I completely actually, forgot about Chris Evans. I actually thought about Chris Evans a little bit for the Lions in like a in a weird, you know, not weird, but like you know they they need help as a you know the, a third running back. They still need something there, you know, as a guy who can be the extra. You know, you got your one and two, your one sure. two punch, and your and your change your pace type thing. And I think I think Chris is one of those guys who has shown an IQ for pass pro yeah. who can get out and catch. He was an awesome receiver in high school and Michigan never used him, never used Chris <laughs> Evans the way that he probably could have been used. And some of that was circumstance. Like if Chris Evans had, had been able to work with Josh Gaddis uh, for the full two years, I do wonder if that would have changed, but you know, he's not an overwhelming athlete. He's not like, you know, going to break any records, although he did run faster than I thought he would. But I do think he has an opportunity to sneak in there on day three and get and get somewhere. Because I think, again, special teams, a di- bunch of different stuff. Guys in, in modern football, especially offensively, if you can do a bunch of different things, like you can you can find a way. If you can wear like three hats and do them pretty well, then right. you can find a way onto a team. Mm-hmm. And that's Chris all the way. And Mason. Like Chris Evans and Ben Mason are both in that same, you know, they can do like four things and – somebody is going to say, Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. We'll take that and stash him. And he's not going to make a lot of money, but whatever, we'll get him on the roster. It is going to be incredible. I mean, you can, this will be something for you to do or, or um, Austin to do afterward, but like tally up the number of starts that all of Michigan's players who were drafted ended up actually oh, having production. And that's the thing that, it's, yeah. it's incredible. It's because these the are just like people... lost careers. You know, Chris Evans is a lost career. And I don't understand it's, it's not Michigan's yeah. I mean, There was academic stuff. I believe is in that right. What it was. Yeah. He had uh, academic issues where he was yeah. at the university. And he stuck the... around to his credit and you know, we all know what yeah, he, he was working at. Amos, all it's all awesome. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. But yeah, it's just all these what ifs. What if that had worked out? <laughs> yeah, what there's... if that had worked out? What if yeah. that had worked out? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that, and it's going to be, you know, we talked about last year's draft being so weird. You know, they had the combine last year, but, you know, they didn't have that March period where they're able to go out and see people in person. Well, this was, you see anybody. I mean, nothing in person. Everything was, I guess you could go, go to their pro days, but it was all like hand-timed, and we didn't really know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and guys didn't play. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll there's, say a once, there's a lot of Once that. upon a time, this would have been a, a nightmarish scenario for you back in your, your M live free press beat writer days when you had the <laughs> seven or eight draftable prospects and you're just sitting there shaking your head being like, well, I guess I am locked in for the next. You had days. to sit there. Yeah. For so. Okay. The worst one ever was um, I didn't, and I didn't do the draft that year. Wenzel did it. Matt Wenzel, who oh. still works at M live covers Michigan state now, but Matt was um, covering recruiting and helping me at the time. You remember this? Uh, he mm-hmm. was doing, um, he was helping me on the Michigan football beat and doing a lot of recruiting. I was in Italy the year that Michigan had that 17 guys or whatever to the combine. Remember that? Like they had like, yeah, set a record or some shit. And that was the year they went to Rome. So I went to Rome and the draft happened like in the middle of the night in Italy. And like, I woke up the next day. I'm like, I think it was a Saturday and I te- uh, t- texted Wenzel or whatever, I'm like how things going or whatever. And he's like, I'm dying here. He's like, it was like, he had to like sit up and he made it all the way through, got through all the free agents and everything else. But it was like 30 hours of yeah. Wenzel at his computer, just tracking all this shit down and everything else. Oh, I felt so bad. Cause I was like, 
well, you know what? We can tag team that. We'll be able to help each other. I'm like, no, man, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go to Italy. You're up, Matt. So like, that was the worst one uh, on that sense. But yeah, that, my God, the years where they would have like eight guys. Yep. And you had to wait all the way to the end. Cause you're just like, he could go number last pick. He could get, you know, all right. Oh, yeah. I'm trying well, to find the phone number to hop on the, the Jaguars yeah, conference right. call yeah. with their sixth round draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was, Wenzel was on like 17 conference calls in like two and a half days. Or whatever. <laughs> I guess the last, the last Michigan guys that oh, God. were getting to MSU would be, I guess Nick Eubanks and Quinn Nordine will probably both sign pretty quickly as yeah i don't think either will be drafted but both will have a chance i would assume somewhere to camp yeah so all right michigan state that would be yeah interesting here they have that draft streak here streak is is going right but is still going but it's hanging hanging uh, by a thread would Shakur brown be there Shakur brown is the is the hope i think um uh, naquan jones is another one that uh you know played well i think he was better last year than i thought or i expected i mean he was better than i expected going in so i mean there could be a case for him uh brown is not an overwhelming athlete but he is a good player and you know corner is one of those things where you know we get caught up in the metrics and we get caught up in all the speed and all the stuff like that but corner really is you know one of those spots where you talk to a really good veteran cornerbacks coach or a defensive coordinator or a guy who's been around these and they will tell you like yes you need to have burst and juice and all that stuff like you need to have these traits but like it is mindset mentality and your ability to just like lock in for seven seconds do exactly what you need to do perfectly and then deposit it and move on to the next one like that's just what a cornerback does and like Shakur Brown I think when you watch him play has some of that like he's around the ball a lot. Um, I think he's really good. Like he just knows the position. Like he's not like they had Josiah Scott last year who ended up getting drafted and Scott was a better athlete and faster and all that other stuff, but he, it was similar. I mean, he was a technical corner right. who just didn't get fooled a lot and was around the ball. So I, I think, I think he's a day three pick, but I think that they're also in jeopardy of maybe not having one. I don't know. I mean, Man. it's slim pickings. I mean, after um, talked about this, you know, at the end of the D'Antonio era, I mean, it, it says it was everything thinning out. It was thinning out big time, and and now we're seeing it here. You know, the the Jones kid. I mean, I remember how he was hyped up coming out of high school, right? He was supposed to be big kid. Big yeah, thing. he's got what, the big. Yeah, what went? I don't know if what went wrong is the right way of framing it, but like what these big, these really big tackles. Like he's a big guy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's a six. Five, six, six three three thirteen yeah these like really big tackles i think sometimes it takes them a long time sometimes to if they're stiff you know that leverage piece you know if they're tall mm-hmm. it's if you can't bend and you can't get underneath a guy it takes a minute you know for you to learn all of that stuff to stay low and work underneath and you know be a guy who can just eat space and own a gap and and not be a guy who's just, I got to go get the quarterback every single time. Right. I think you're, there's a, there's a very defined set of things they, they need you to do inside as a, you know, a tackle that's responsible for a gap. And like, it's a lot harder, I think, than people probably realize coming out of high school. And I think he's a guy that it probably took a little time. Like Raquan Williams was a guy there last year that I loved. I loved him. He was great. 
and he was the same thing. I mean, Raekwon, it took him a couple years to figure out what they wanted him to do, you know, and then once he, once it clicks and these big guys, they can get their body under control, you know, but you wait too long. And sometimes you get to be a fifth year guy and you're at a position that, you know, injuries are a big deal. And sometimes I don't know if I want a 23, 24 year old right. defensive tackle, you know, maybe I want a 21 year old, you know what I mean? On a rookie deal that I can get three more years out of. So that's a factor too. So that's all stuff to look at. I remember how much you liked Raekwon. Um, did you also like yeah, great. Antoine Simmons a lot or am I misremembering? I know he's just uh, undersized, like, but I, I think I can't tell if like I'm. He's a, Antoine was a great college player. Uh, I remember him when he was at Pioneer because, you know, he went to Pioneer High School. Michigan right. recruited him a little bit with Brady Hoke. I think it was during the transition of Hoke Harbaugh is when, when Simmons was coming up. And I think Harbaugh said no, you know, because he was a running back at Pioneer and he wasn't fast enough to be a running back. I think Ohio state recruited him for a minute and they said no. And then he ended up, ended up at Michigan state and it was a good spot for him, but I just, yeah, he's not fast enough. I just don't think he's mm-hmm. fast enough to be an NFL linebacker. Um, uh, you know, he's a super smart player. And I think that we'll see what he does with his life. I think the game of football would be indebted to him if he uh, became a coach. someday. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he would be very good at it, but I don't know what, you know, I don't know what he wants to do. I'm sure he's still training if somebody wants to give him a shot, but the speed is the thing that I don't know if he'll be able to overcome that. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of hit on it right there though. Like this idea of when, when people were trying to decipher how, how depleted that program had become there at the yeah. end of D'Antonio and they were still trying to kind of explain some things away, you yeah. know, for, for you to be this, the, the situation you're seeing now, you know, we just spit through three names that are all, you know, only two are borderline. Simmons won't be drafted, but um, <clears throat> like, what does Tucker like? You can't use this, right? Like, shit. Northwestern has two first round picks. Like, you <laughs> use that in the recruiting trail, right? And and sure, yeah. And, you know, like, you need to be producing pros to recruit. Yeah. And like, this is hard. So what, how does Tucker kind of pivot from this, right? You and, use and, this. And not, not make it a uh, yeah. burden. Your sales point out of this is that you can come in here and start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There's nobody on the roster. That's what you tell recruits. I mean, you tell recruits like, and, and that's what they're doing. You tell them on the transfer portal, like, look, man, you come in here and start tomorrow. There's nobody here. We've got, we've got players that we like, but there's nobody here that is like, you're not beating him. You know right. what I mean? That that's that's how you have to sell it right now. Is you have to sell that opportunity and everything else, and then you have to hope that you know they can get rid of this the the restrictions and everything else. You can get out in person and, and meet people, but it's selling opportunity. And then like, if you go back and think about it, like the D'Antonio era, we used to talk about this for years. It was very similar to Beeline, where you are his whole thing. D'Antonio's ability to evaluate corners and safeties and land defensive line prospects was world-class, mm-hmm. right? He was, that is why Mark Antonio will be in college football hall of fame conversations, all these type of, you know, but you're walking the razor's edge when you're not an elite recruiter and you're everything is relying on your ability to find these like diamonds. Yeah. yeah. And he did it at a ridiculous rate for so long. And then when it starts to stop, like you see that you're walking that line and there's no margin for error. And like when you're not finding Darquez Denard anymore, 
like mm -hmm. it becomes a real challenge and like that's what we see and that it turns very fast and that's what the situation was and now here they are so for tucker i think it's going to be about time but yeah you got to sell opportunity and just like look the roster is not loaded we just don't we don't have enough guys right now and and that's the situation that's all you can do a couple not notable names or noteworthy names that i want to touch on yeah james hudson james hudson wait so okay. like when he gets drafted by the chiefs or whatever yeah is Harbaugh going to try to block him from playing next year? Is he going to block him on Twitter? I don't know. Like, I mean, so I James forgot all Hudson about Jay. I forgot about that whole ordeal. I saw his name. I saw his Hudson. name. I was like, oh, shit. James Hudson, Cincinnati. That's right. I am going to watch the shit out of James Hudson's <laughs> NFL career. Not for the reasons that you think either. Okay. Not for the reasons of like, because he was the guy that, you know, all that other stuff, like yeah. whatever, that's whatever, but like Luke fickle when yeah. he came out of high school. Okay. <laughs> James Hudson was a six, five, six, six, 300 and some pounds, super long, rangy, flexible guy who was playing defensive end for some reason. Right. <laughs> and was, and was told like, you can be a really good defensive end, which he, maybe he could have. Right. But like, you can't watch that guy on tape and be like, and come to the conclusion that he should be playing anything other than right or left tackle. Like you can't do it. So I remember when he got to Michigan, all I wrote about was like, this guy's playing the wrong position. He needs to play offensive line. I don't want to hear it. Whatever. He gets to Michigan and like, he wanted to be a defensive lineman. Like, and I think his family wanted him to be a defensive lineman. And that was something that they, I think had to really work hard to convince him. And I remember talking to him one spring and being like, you know, all these people, and he was a good kid, you know, he is. A yeah. Good yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, and it was like, all these people are like, you need to be an offense. And he's like, ah. And I'm like, why are you not? And I, I remember like, I don't care. Like, what yeah, were the other one? Embrace it, young I'm man. I'm talking embrace to him it. and I'm like, you know, James, I'm like, I think that you could probably be really good. And he's like, that's what everybody says. But I just, I feel like I'm a defensive guy. You know, I feel like I've got the, so he finally embraces it. He goes to since he gets eligible. He plays like one year and he's this guy that everybody now says, we love him, right? So I still think he's going to have some time to grow into it. But I, I, I think he finally got there. I think he finally got there. You, you know, you got to listen to listen to those coaches <laughs> when they tell you you can make big money if you just like. I see those guys at those camps all the time. They see, you know, the you go to a football camp and the, and the wide receiver line has two hundred kids in it, and the corner line has five. Right. And you're like, all of you guys could play corner. <laughs> like if you just go over there and try it, you know, like give it a shot. You never know. So that's. Uh, James Hudson is like the great example of that for me, where it's like he finally got in the right position. And now hopefully for him, it'll all uh, click together and he'll be able to do some things. Another name I totally forgot about. Yeah. Benjamin St. Just. Oh, forgot all yeah. about that guy. I remember he, when he signed from Canada and everyone was, you know, all the recruiting yeah. types are like, this is the diamond, the diamond of diamonds in the rough. Here he is. I forgot yeah. all about this dude. Apparently he's been a two year starter at Minnesota. He was here for like three years <laughs> yeah, and he that's was hurt. This, the recruiting story that I just told was like seven years ago. This was like, and this is another one where it's like Harbaugh, like, what are you doing? Like he was here for, he was here for three years and he was hurt and he couldn't play and he wouldn't. And I think that they changed a lot of this stuff, but these are the things that we used to question where it was like, if you're not, if you're not healthy, you're no, you're of no use to me. Right. Like I, they wanted, I believe they wanted Benjamin St. Juice to medically retire after his third year. And he graduated and went to Minnesota 
as a grad transfer, was immediately eligible, and he'll be drafted. I would think he'll be – he was at the Senior Bowl. He's a 6'2", 6'3", corner. He has turned – this is the thing. Benjamin St. Juiced was a nothing recruit from nowhere when Jim yeah. Harbaugh said we're taking him. And a lot of people were like, what the hell are you doing? Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He turned out to be exactly what Jim Harbaugh and those guys thought he would turn out to be. They just didn't ride it out long enough to see it. And it's like, that's sometimes wow. circumstance happens in football, but sometimes like you just make a wrong decision. And it's like, maybe just ride it out. He's a kid. You know what I mean? Where it's like, he's 19. Like, let's see what happens. Right. And sometimes you ride it out too long and it you get burned. And I get that too. But this is one where, yeah, I mean, like they took a chance on him and he turned into what everybody thought he would be. It just took longer, you know, which Dane, is Dane's got him in the fourth or fifth round, which is, which is how it is. And that's what I would say that, that that is football too. Like I think we see that in football more than basketball where we see guys, their developmental track, like Josh Uche was the great example. People shit on Don Brown a lot for that one. Like last year, year before mm-hmm. in Michigan, mm-hmm. like you guys didn't get anything out of Josh Uche. You didn't do anything with him. Like you wasted his time at Michigan. And my counter to that was like, Josh Uche wasn't ready to do anything at Michigan until like midway through his junior year. Hmm. Right. What are you supposed to do? Right. Sometimes you get a guy and he's just not, he's not ready until like the 11th hour. And that's when you have him. And that's when he takes off Yeah. and he goes to the NFL and maybe he doesn't become what he is supposed to be until he's like 26. I, that's football. Like it's different than basketball and I, most other sports. I mean, but it, it, it happens across the board though. I mean, that's, it the, does. it's the, it's the it DJ does. Wilson syndrome. You watch that's him in the beginning of his career where he's getting blocked by guys half his size and he yeah, just looks like, you know, he's got, yeah. he's too skinny. It just doesn't work. You're like, yeah, he's athletic, but this is, this is not going to happen. And then suddenly he breaks out in the middle of his junior year and now he's a pro and he's a first mm-hmm. round pick and off he goes. Um, but the last name I want to bring yeah. up is uh, Dwayne Eskridge. Dwayne Eskridge. You, you wrote a wonderful story on him. Yeah. Uh, you were on, look at you, with the big time flex going on the national <laughs> podcast. I was on the lead, yeah. With the on the Hunter. lead. Uh, this morning, I listened to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, your, I, I thought your story was, uh, was, was well produced, right? By, well by, produced. Yeah. By the lead. And it was very well done, mainly because we got audio of the uncle. What's Sean, the uncle? yeah. Sean uncle, give me all the Uncle Sean. <laughs> I love that guy. So this guy, um, yeah, Eskridge's story is uh, such a cool one. And it's like, it's unique and it's not unique, right? Like we hear stories like this a lot, right? We hear, we hear kids and that's why the draft is fun for a lot of people as you see stuff like this. So Sean Eskridge and Dwayne Eskridge, the Eskridge family, um, you know, Sean grew up in Mississippi um, in a really poor area, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I believe I had the numbers in the story, like 62% of, uh, I think children in this area were below the poverty line, something like mm-hmm. that. Just a crazy, not good. And, you know, he gets to be 22, 23 years old and it feels stuck. Feels like he's, wor- he's living in this, you know, cycle of stagnation and not mm-hmm. op- and no opportunity. And uh, a girl that he, you know, light moved North to Bluffton, Indiana, middle of nowhere to be near family and, you know, sent word down to his cousin. I would like, do you have his number? And Sean said, fuck that. I'll do her one better. I'm moving to Indiana. So he's, it was the he best packed, quote from the, that was just an amazing quote where he's like, he's yeah. like, you might be going up North, but you're not going without not me. Going without me. So he packed <laughs> his bags. Um, he moved up 
and you know his you know they have a big family so like his sister monique uh, and that's Dwayne's mom you know she i believe he said she might not have even been living in mississippi at the time but he moved up first that sort of set for everybody you know along as time kind of went on and so you know Dwayne and his mom moved up and their siblings moved up and the uncle and aunt lived there and you know he was more or less, you know, father figure uh, for mm-hmm. Dwayne. The fav- my favorite story and the one that we talked about on the podcast today was um, that, you know, Sean tells me, he goes, he's, you know, I had a lot of uncles. Not a lot of them did much for me. One did a lot for me. I wanted to be like that guy. So, you know, when it was time, mm-hmm. he made the track team for the first time. I was excited. I ran out and got him track cleats. You know, I, I give them to him. We go to the thing and we get there. I find out that uh, they're soccer cleats. So he buys them the wrong cleats. And then he goes, and he goes out there and beats everybody anyway. So I'm like, whatever. Like, that's why you're so, so he's one of these guys that's like, I don't know. It was just such a, a unique story that someone who was trying to change his own life for the better um, had an impact on so many other people without even realizing it. I don't think like I yeah. talked to Sean and, you know, the, the more we talked, you know, he would sort of relive some of those things about, you know, when realizing, cause I asked him like, when did you realize the wing was this fast and like special and he told me, he was like, not until he was like a junior in high school. I had no idea. Like I had no idea he was this talented. And once they all figured that out and they saw how hard he worked and everything else. And he's a mechanical engineer now, Sean is, right. and right. all this stuff. And like the sacrifice they put forth, I think for everybody else in the collective was like, just what made that story special, you know, like the, the whole family just pulling for each other and everything else. And yeah, that's, um, and the, and the teacher, uh, Brent Kunkel, um, yeah, yeah. I told I told Brent. I said I hope my kids have you know a teacher like that one day because that's yeah. that's no, the real a, deal for sure. Great story, great character. Uh, yeah, man. Dwayne Dwayne needs to send Uncle Sean some autographed track spikes. <laughs> after Be bold. This, yeah, right. It was it was so good. Um, yeah. I'll be rooting for that that dude. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, sounds like he's like third rounders. Uh, yeah, rounders? somewhere in there. I would think he he could slip, but you know I would think that he's probably somewhere in the third. I mean, he's got that just. Four, he he ran a four three seven and was mad about it. So you know, like that's <laughs> that's how fast. Kind of that Deshaun Jackson type, right? Like yeah, that five nine down the sideline, and he's like, well, he was a running back in high school. Uh, Mike Hart actually found him. Um, hmm. He was the guy that got the ball rolling for Western, but he was a running back in high school. That's just got that. You know, when he gets into in the slot, these corners, he's got that strength. You know what I mean? In the lower yep. body too. Yep. That, yep you can't do anything with him when, when you're up close, he just has that ability to just blow by people. Like, yeah, we saw him at the senior bowl and it was like, Oh my God. I mean, that was the thing that turned everybody onto him that didn't already know who he was. So yeah, I think he'll be fine. Nice. Uh Great kid for sure. Very good. Well, all right. You got anything else? Any other, any other takes, any other, anything I should be looking for? What, uh, got to put the coffee on, man. I'm not going to spend in the evening. (laughs) What are you doing tonight? Cover the draft. We got the live blog. Oh, we got the. I'll be doing the. I'll be uh, there with uh, a couple other writers on the uh, on the old live blog. So we have that <laughs> going tonight, and then we have everything else, of course, too. So Lions will pick at seven. Uh, trades, if trades happen, Chris and I'll obviously have you covered. I told Chris I have no plans to do any emergency podcasts in the middle of the Ooh. night, but this is the Lions, so we'll have to wait and see. But um, we will have plenty of stuff. If you and Burke need someone to jump in on that emergency pod, I'll, maybe I'll have a we'll couple have host, a couple beers. We'll host I'll them. hop in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be we'll, we'll have you come on and uh and we'll you know we'll have you give us your take on 
Brendan, so the Eagles have passed on Justin Fields and Trey Lance and traded up to draft J.C. Horn. What are your what are your thoughts at six? The Eagles have traded back up to the pick they already had to draft a guy that you don't want them to draft. In that instance, I'm jumping into – I'm actually just going to get on Birds with Friends, which is the pod yeah, from, yeah, from, from Berman, Bo, yep. and, uh, and, and yep. Shield. And I'm just coming in hot, <laughs> uninvited. Bullshit. Uh, uninvited i got takes and i called into I the to get this off my chest uh, calling into the wawa guest line there on uh birds <laughs> the group text is already rocking and rolling this morning oh, everyone's yeah. furious already they haven't even done anything yet everyone's very hot and bothered already so well, it's very nervous you know yeah. <laughs> but in all sincerity you and you and burke have been doing yeah. awesome awesome stuff tireless work there's a there's a shit ton of content a lot of stuff yeah, on the site that everyone should be checking out um, you know, when the pick goes live, I, I guarantee whoever they get has already been covered by you guys. And yeah, then yeah. you'll have the subsequent stories right after that, that everyone should be checking out. So subscribe, make sure you are clicking on, on Nick and Chris's Chris Burke's stories. Um, if you are subscribing, give them the credit. Um, so, uh, we like to see that and support this podcast by subscribing um, and leaving us a review in the iTunes store if you would be so kind. And of course, be sure to tip your bartenders and servers. The place where I was born and raised. The place where